Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my review of Heroic Menagerie. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, click follow on the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hit and like and subscribe helps me out. Now, I want to do a review of this because I did a video already where I, I, I sort of predicted that this wasn't going to be very fun content. Um... And I know people are like, you're being too negative, you're being too hard on the game. You might not be watching my content then. Pretty much everything I've had to say since Season of Opulence landed, the Shadow Keep stream, all the content within Opulence, I've been almost unanimously and universally positive. I was critical of the loot and the raid. I think those are fair criticisms, but the raid's amazing. I was praising of the menagerie, but said maybe they should have like a middle ground on how many times you can open the chest instead of, you know, six to ten, just three. So if you're watching my content and you're not picking up on the fact that I think Destiny is in one of the best places it's ever been right now, then if you're not catching that, then you're not listening. I am being critical of things I think that are falling short, and I do think the loot and the raid needs to be significantly better. There should be a middle ground on how many times we can open the chest. If not, all future content needs to have that level of efficiency, number of loot drops, as well as intentionality. And then when I look at the Heroic Menagerie, this is going to be a critical video because I do think the philosophy of challenging endgame hard content is completely backwards right now for a variety of reasons. So number one, I want to talk about challenge. How's the challenge of Heroic Menagerie? Then I want to talk about the rewards, and then I want to end by talking about endgame design, because this is essentially endgame, right? You've got the raid, and then you've got Heroic Menagerie. This is meant to be the endgame for the hardcore players. So let's talk about challenge. Obviously, this week's pretty tough. The, 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 The modifiers they set up are rough. They have on blackout combined with void burn. Now void burn's nice, especially for those of us who got a bunch, you know got our swarms with spike nades. You know you can do some pretty good damage with that gun once void burn is on. But blackout means there are just certain encounters you can't even do. Now because of that, they curated the run, so you always go from the beginning to the gauntlet to the mockery, and then after that, I think it goes to repost. And that, because of that, I think they're, they're, they're thinking smartly about like, okay, we can only take the modifiers too high. And then I'm sorry, crystals to mockery. Thank you. I got the order wrong. It's gauntlet crystals mockery. Um, and then after that, you go to repost, which is the one with the swords with, with blackout on in a Delta environment. You probably can't survive repost. I don't know if anybody has yet, you know, maybe just intentionally took themselves that far in heroic, but it's really, really tough. So I'm glad that they added modifiers as well as we're thoughtful about curating the the order of the encounters because we I mean we did we beat it we went to orbit I think four times one of those times we actually got one shot by the Cyclops I'm not sure if they need to look at that that happens in Gambit that can happen in other places the Cyclops damage output seems a little weird and with Void Burn it was absurd I mean they literally all six of us died in the well from one shot from the Cyclops so for me my biggest criticism of the challenge is I, I, I'm praising Bungie for being thoughtful about modifiers and curating the order of the encounters, but I'm going to be very critical in saying this isn't actually challenging. It isn't. And I know people are like, oh, we finally have challenging content. It's really, really hard. It isn't. Okay. Once people know what to do, it's literally face tanking and standing in a well. That's your strategy. There's no creativity. There's nothing. There's nothing actually going in. There's no skill going into what's going on. It's standing in a well and 
and tanking damage while you output tons of damage. And we were not supposed to be designing encounters around supers anymore. That was one of the reasons that they nerfed Skull of the Dire Ahamkara and Riggs and Phoenix Protocol was because they didn't want to design encounters around supers. And yet here we are again. Heroic Menagerie is just like Reckoning. If you run it without certain supers or certain strategies, you are almost assuredly going to die because of the damage output of the enemies. They die so incredibly slow because of the delta. I don't know if anybody's ever going to be able to beat this without a well. I, I know the hardcore guys have three-manned it for the triumph and they're amazing players. I want to see them try to six-man it or three-man or whatever without Well of Radiance. Like I want to see if a team can do it because the delta is ever-present. You can't like rise above the delta and with the modifiers and the damage output of the enemies, you basically need well. I find that to be incredibly boring. I love the final boss fight. I love that feeling of intensity. That was the only time where I was kind of like, oh, Extinguish is pretty cool because there's this risk and this intensity of like, we can't die. And I love that boss fight with the walls. So the best part of Heroic Menagerie was the intensity of the final boss fight. But leading up to it, I was bored. I didn't find it fun or satisfying. It's just stand in a well, face tank, and do as much damage as you can. I I think we really need to move towards challenging content being more like King's Fall and Wrath where they ask you to do more mechanically more more pressure points, more pain points you're moving, you're going into different areas and scenarios instead of just everybody standing in a well. Now let's talk about the rewards. So we've got multiple layers of problems here and the first problem is that the challenge I don't think is truly challenging or fun. It doesn't translate into fun content. Secondly, let's talk about the rewards. There are three swords, one for each class. They repurpose those. So those are reskins. I am going to use the reskin criticism here. This is endgame punishing content and you you did a, a reskin. Okay? Reskin of swords. There's the Izanagi Catalyst. There's a tri- There's a couple of triumphs. There's a guaranteed weekly fully masterworked item on your first pull. That's per account, so you get to do that once. And then there's a new mod that can drop. Now, we're hearing rumors, and we don't know this is true. If your first drop's fully masterworked, does that guarantee that the weapon is the curated role? We don't know if that's true or not yet. I think lots of people were just kind of running it just to see what it was like. And since you can't run it again to get the fully masterworked item until next week, we'll have to experiment with that next week, going with the group and each of us pulling different weapons and seeing if we're all getting the curated role. It seems like that might be what's going on, but we don't know just yet. This doesn't seem to be in line with the actual punishing design of the content. It just does not seem to be in line with it. I, I'm not I'm not feeling a draw to go into heroic. Number one, it's not fun, but if there was really, really dope gear in there, if there was something at the level of uniqueness like Fatebringer in D1 or Vex Mythoclast or Genesis Chain from Wrath of the Machine, if there was a gun like that in there, if there were roles and perks like that in there, I would be going in there and farming for them. But that's not present in the loot pool. That's not present in the incentives and the reward structure for Menagerie on Heroic. And I think that is a significant problem with respect to asking people to go into an environment with with tough modifiers, a a, a sharp delta, and extinguish. So you're going back to orbit. I actually don't mind resetting, by the way. My problem with extinguish is... When you fail, hold Y to go to orbit, or could we like hold X or A or something to just reinstance at the beginning? Load times on console is going to make that really, really frustrating for people. And when they find out what the rewards are, I don't see this getting good engagement. Even in the hardcore community, I don't see it getting good engagement because even someone like Chevy 
from Clan Redeem has said, there's not really a right reason to run it after you get the Triumphs and the Swords and the Catalyst. Like, there just isn't. There's not a strong motivator to go in there. Normal Menagerie is a really, really good loop of content. Heroic Menagerie doesn't even seem to be attached to... Like, Normal Menagerie is so good. It's 10 out of 10 content. This does not feel like the crescendo of the event. It doesn't feel like when King's Fall was like, oh, what a cool raid. Hard Mode was the crescendo, and then, like, Challenge Mode was a cherry on top. Same thing with Wrath. Like, there was this crescendo of the content. This doesn't feel like a climax. This feels like a, a fumbled ball a little bit. And it's unfortunate. I don't like being this critical, but this is not how endgame heroic hard content should feel. So let's talk about that here at the end. Endgame design. We need difficulty philosophy to change. Period. This is not how the difficulty philosophy of the game should function. And the reason for that is they were better at it in D1. They've done it before. I'm not asking them to do something they haven't done before. They did this in D1. They did it with Wrath of the Machine. They did it with King's Fall. Design hard first, and you scale back the mechanics for normal, and then add challenge mode on top of it. They've done this before, so you know they can. Dialing in really punishing mechanics like extinguish and really rough modifiers like blackout thank goodness they got rid of glass permanently but doing that and then just raising the delta i don't think is good enough i just don't so i'm not asking them to do something out of the ordinary go back to that d1 philosophy just start designing hard first and then scale it back. I would have loved in this menagerie environment to go into an encounter and suddenly have scorch cannons that we have to run and get and we have to sync up shooting a boss or his shield changes color and then there's four, you know, three or four, you know, scorch cannons in the room and you got to grab the right one when his when his shield changes color. That would have been dope. See the charges like in Wrath to take down a shield or to, or to knock somebody's armor off. Something like that where, oh my gosh, we can't just stand in this well and face tank and bake, which is basically what you do in normal. We have to move. We have to relocate. We have to go over there. We have to interact with this plate, that plate, this mechanic or that mechanic would be far better than the way that they've set this up. The other thing they have to do is aspirational content should have aspirational rewards. I don't feel any desire to run the raid right now. I mean, barely for a chance at the SMG as a collectivist, but I don't want any of the gear in there. There's nothing unique about it. Nothing uniquely strong. No perks that are unique to the raid. They need to stop being scared. I feel like they're scared of putting really dope gear in content like Heroic Menagerie in the raid because it's not match made. You need a team and a small percentage of the community does it. And I feel like they're very, very averse to putting dope gear in there like they did in D1. And I really, really think that is a failure of end game design. End game design and aspirational content should not have mediocre ho-hum rewards. They should be some of the best rewards in the game. If you're going to give people gear like the breakneck or anything else just for grinding those are pinnacle pieces of those are pinnacle guns we should have pinnacle pieces of gear in these end game pieces of content my lack of enjoyment of heroic is preference i'll admit that that's my preference i don't think it's that fun but i don't even feel a draw to go in there and deal with that because the rewards just are not good enough so i really hope going forward starting in september they think differently about difficulty and reward structure for end game aspirational content as with all my content you can listen to this on itunes google play spotify or watch on youtube or you can catch me live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all my content i appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe
Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my review of Heroic Menagerie. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, you could probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash rage. If I'm not live, feel free to follow the channel when I'm not there. And if you're watching on YouTube, hitting like and subscribe helps me out. Let's just jump into the first question. From Sally took my galley. <laughs> nice name. Do you think they made Gauntlet the first encounter week one because you can glitch it? If so, why? I actually don't think they made it the first encounter because you can glitch it. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they put it ahead of crystals for that reason. I think they curated the role more so because they wanted people to be able to beat it. And it was because they put on Blackout. I think Blackout with, you know, repost and. Uh, hunted would be just ridiculous. Those are really, really late in the run on purpose, kind of passively communicating to the player that, you know, Bungie understands if they were to, if they were to throw you into hunted or repost at the beginning instead of gauntlet, I think people would have just been, the fail rate would have been dumb. I don't even know if you can beat hunted or repost on a Delta heroic environment with blackout on. I don't even know if it's possible to beat those encounters, because you're going to get punched so much, especially the one with the swords. Um, now, they may have put Gauntlet ahead of Crystals, because again, as you say, they didn't want people to be able to glitch it. That is entirely possible. So, uh, next question is from Mel Melmzy says, do you think Bungie should continue to make new content such as they've been doing this year, or do you think they should take time to bring back the one content remastered at higher levels? I'd love to do Vogue. I don't know how far they plan to take, like, the revisiting old places, right? Because we're going back to the moon. Like, that's that's firmly established that we're returning to the moon. And, you know, that was a, uh, you know, that's a memorable place from D1 because they, you know, they use that for a raid. They use that planet for a DLC. You know, that was a, that was a, that was, you know, it was like the, the moon's haunted is when, you know, a, you know, a meme and, all these different things in the game stemming from the moon. So I could see them saying, let's continue to do that. Let's continue to pull back uh, old in- old planets, old encounters. But I also know we've heard, you know, a handful of times from sources, even people that, you know, worked at Bungie. Pat- uh, Patrick Holtzman from DCP has been quoted as saying that, you know, it's really hard for them to bring D1 stuff forward. That doesn't mean they won't, but it certainly means like maybe not everything. I would absolutely love it if they brought just the raids forward or did a boss rush mode where I would I, I always I've always wanted to go into the infinite forest and have a boss rush mode where each each time you get a different combination so you could go from you know sisters to Crota to Axis to Vosik I think that'd be just absolutely phenomenal content it'd be so fun uh, it's some of the best content in Destiny, some of the best fights, and, you know, it. that stuff's just kind of sitting on a shelf. It'd be perfect for the Infinite Forest. But we don't know if there's, if we don't know if there's a desire in Bungie to do that. Because if it is true that it's hard to bring that content forward, okay, if it's hard to bring that content forward, and on top of that, if it's difficult for them to get engagement in that content because it would be challenging, that's kind of a double whammy. Like, I, I think Heroic Menagerie is going to struggle as far as engagement goes. I think it's going to struggle because of, you know, the way that they've, they've set it up. And I think that needs to be a consideration going forward. Um, whenever they create content, 
is it is it even enjoyable in getting engagement out of the people that typically do uh, you know the hardcore more hardcore content or is it only landing that first couple of weeks you know Studley what's the difference between Ada frames being available all the time and everything in the menagerie being available all the time uh, I think the difference is you can complete an Ada frame a whole lot faster in the, in uh, in in menagerie you have to farm for runes first so I think there's at least some level of a hurdle in your way and when you run out of runes you have to go get more there's literally no limitation on her frames grab the frame complete it grab the frame complete it the only thing that actually slows you down on the frames is the fact that you gotta freaking go back to the tower so much if you didn't have to do that I just think her having the frames all the time is just too intentional and personally I think they could do something similar with Menagerie now not everybody's going to agree with me on this okay but I think rhythmic urgency is very important to the identity of destiny there are nightfalls this week and you gotta run them if you want the nightfall specific reward there should be frames available from Ada this week and if you want to get them you gotta run them there should be available things from the chalice this week that aren't available next week I just think that's that's part and parcel to the identity of destiny and a lot of people are gonna be like nope Lono I disagree I think it's fine I think it's better what if I'm on vacation what if I can't play having everything available all the time is good I think uh, loot pursuit hobbyist game is totally in its right to say this week you can't get X I think that's totally fine Um, and that would and also here's the other thing you got to consider that would give them ground to say let's put more loot in these smaller raids because you could do the same thing with the with the with the raid you could low you could have the loot pool in the raid change each week and that would basically enable them to say oh instead of only putting four guns in scourge of the past or only so many guns in crown of sorrows you could say no we're going to actually put in eight guns and they just rotate each week. Um, that I think would, would be, would be a welcome change. So it's not even like I'm asking for them to have rhythmic urgency to limit you and not let you get the things you want to get. I'm also saying rhythmic urgency could let them add more stuff, you know, and add more loot to these tiny raids because I, I, I think the format of having smaller raids is going to continue I don't think that's going to end uh, I think they like doing it I think it works well and I think smaller raids need better loot pools and that would be a good way of achieving it uh, Telefonista says other than the weekly drop that potentially could be masterwork item is there anything else to farm here there's the three swords, which I don't know if there's even rolls on swords that you could say are really, really good. I mean, swords are swords. They're not in a great spot right now. Um, they, they, I think they struggle. I think they should be energy weapons. Um, and I think that whenever you're looking, whenever you're looking to motivate a player, there should be something unique. If you're if you're like if you're trying to motivate a player with endgame content, you gotta put something unique in there. And I don't think reskinned class item swords is is particularly unique or strong as a motivator. Um if they would have moved swords to the energy slot, or maybe just these specific swords were in the energy slot because they're class item, then that would have been dope and I'd be grinding for them. I would love to have energy swords. Like You'd lower the you'd lower the damage obviously and the and the ammo capacity, but that would have been a really really good I think switch is to say 
Well, since they're class item swords, we're going to throw them in the energy slot. And these are going to be the only energy swords in the game. Um, so, but right now it's just like, well, yeah, they're swords. And they can roll with, I guess, what you probably want to run them with surrounded, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, I'm I'm disappointed and I think there should be more things to grind for in there. And maybe there is. Maybe, they, maybe they've not revealed everything. OP Mark says, uh, with Armor 2.0 coming, do you think they could do the same for the weapons, allowing you to unlock over time and slot the perks and the mods to make them god tier? I don't want them to give us the ability to craft god god tier weapons. I like chasing god tier weapons. I think there's a difference. Right? We go in to the menagerie and we say, give me the Ostringer with ranged masterwork, and that's it. You're still, the god roll is still left up to RNG, and I think that's how it should be. Um, crafting a god roll I think is too intentional, too transactional not good for a loot pursuit game um, a lot of people don't agree with me on that, but I think but I think Destiny has done just fine for close to 5 years okay, because it launched in 2014, okay, so 2014 to 15 to 16 to 17 to 18 to 19, when we get into September of this year, it's a 5 year old franchise, half a decade it's done just fine without crafting um, cra- crafting's not needed it just isn't and so that's that's gonna be my take for probably ever uh, Gearhurst uh, or Hurst says in Heroic Menagerie is your first drop always Masterwork or a Curated Roll we actually don't know I'm gonna go with it's a high likelihood of being curated because of the fact that it's going to be a high chance that it's curated because of the fact that it drops masterworks. That's what I'm going to go with. Um, so I don't think it's I don't think it's a guaranteed curated, but because it drops masterwork, I think the game's going to get tricked a lot. Maybe tricked a lot of times, or maybe it's a high likelihood. I don't know. But that's um, somebody in chat saying it's not always curated. I think it's just a high likelihood of being curated because it's masterwork. Maybe maybe Bungie can kind of give us a, a, a word on that. Uh, if it was always curated, then that would be, that would be basically like, I'm going to run this until I'm done. And then when I'm, you know, I, I, I don't think that that would be a smart play because people would basically just get all the curated roles very, very quickly. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take long at all. Uh, and I think having a high likelihood of being curated is probably fine. Um, homeboyed. And by the way, the people in the YouTube comments that said I was a hypocrite for doing the chess farm while saying they should address it, I didn't say they should remove it. I said we should find a happy middle ground. So get off me. Homeboy, what are your thoughts on Dan Miller's exit? How do you feel this will affect the game in terms of polished dev endgame content that he always did so well? I will miss him. Unfortunately, I'm not familiar with Dan Miller. Um, I'm not familiar with every single uh, staff member ever at Bungie. I liked Josh Hamrick. Um, I thought he was cool. I felt like he interacted with the community in a really dope way, and I felt like when he sat down in VidDocs, he really captured and represented a lot of what the community likes and wants. Uh, but him leaving and Wisniewski leaving and everybody else leaving that has left is potentially good to help bring a unified vision. Um, I think sometimes you have to shake up leadership. Sometimes you have to change things in order to in order to ascend to better heights in order to ascend to, you know, better places with the game. Um, 
I'm never going to celebrate anybody's exit. Everybody that has ever worked on Destiny, even if I don't agree with them about certain things, or maybe they brought certain sentimentalities to the game that I don't agree with, okay? They still contributed to the to the hobby and the world and the community that is Destiny, even if they contributed things that we don't like. And sometimes that's beneficial, right? What if somebody said and was really a big proponent of static rolls and the clan engrams for raid items. Well, it's good for sometimes those things to happen because then the community, you know, stiff arms and rejects and, and, and hates on that kind of a thing. And that is educational for Bungie. It helps them learn what we like, what we really don't like. And so even if they brought things to the game that we didn't like, it can still be beneficial to the learning and the refining process of a game like Destiny. So... When I see somebody like this leaving in line with a lot of other people leaving and in line with what they said in the video about moving forward, going, you know, embracing MMO, embracing depth, giving the game, you know, a a more clear vision, then them leaving is potentially part of that pruning process of, you know, a really old franchise needing to, uh, needing to, you know, refine itself and, I feel like they had had creative dissonance for five years. They had people inside that either were constantly competing for, you know, certain things that certain they, they certain things that they thought were the best, or certain things that they thought were, you know, good for the game that weren't. And I think that that restructuring internally is probably going to help more than hurt. Um, do you agree Menagerie is one of the best activities in Destiny's history? If not, what would be the best activity in your opinion? No, I agree. Uh, When I was in LA for EA Play and E3, I did a stream in my hotel room and I did a Season of Opulence first impressions video. And in that video, content had only been out for a day for me. I only got to play for a day and then we tried to run the raid. And I said, this is the best PvE content they've ever made. And then I saw Paul Tassi say the same thing in his article. And then I saw people tweeting. And then I saw YouTube videos and I saw other articles saying, this is the best PvE content they've ever made. And I thought to myself... This is good. This is good to see that not only are people liking the content, but they're all sort of casting the same response to Bungie saying, look, you know, this is this is great, great content. And that's helpful for the future. I think that's going to be helpful when they think, okay, is this how how far removed is this from Menagerie, right? Because if Menagerie is the gold standard for loot pursuit, loot grind, horde mode style content, if this is the gold standard, that becomes a bar of measurement that helps future content. So, how can I get that ship? Uh, you got to get it from doing all the puzzles inside of the Outbreak Perfected mission. Uh, Peter Iliak. The main incentive for Heroic Menagerie is fully masterwork gear. Since Bungie is saying congrats, you don't have to spend cores on this. Could that be their subtle admission that the core economy is flawed? Well, no, because they're only giving you one a week. I don't think that's that much, Peter. It's not like one per character. It's literally one per account per week. That's actually pretty low. I mean, I can get I can get probably more masterwork cores per week than that uh, in the event of uh, in the event in the event of like running spider stuff and running the gunsmith stuff, I don't, I don't think so. No, I don't think these two, I don't think these two things are, are lined up. Uh, Nova hands. Hey, Lono, do you think Bungie is looking for player engagement numbers with difficult content when they don't put good rewards behind these activities? Or do you see it as simply a tone deaf philosophy? 
Okay, I don't think it's a tone-deaf philosophy. If if somebody asks me right now, okay, Lono, we need your theory as to why they keep putting mediocre gear inside of, you know, endgame content. I have two theories. Number one, they could be saying, we have room for one for Normal Menagerie, by the way. Number one, they could be saying, we don't want to go back to when you could only get Fatebringer, you could only get Vex, you know, in this content. We don't want to go back there. People didn't like it. Um, And I think that that could be a philosophy. Another thing that could be either dovetailing with that philosophy, or this could just be the, the, the sheer reality, is they either don't want to or cannot iterate right now on perks maybe they don't want to because they're going to really iterate on perk diversity perk depth and perk power in september maybe they can't maybe they don't have the manpower to really come up with super creative perk depth they don't want to break guns and gear only they didn't have to take it away from us later any one of those theories or a combination of those theories is probably why when you run Scourge and Last Wish and Crown of Sorrow, you're like, the gear is ho-hum. There's nothing spectacular about any of the gear. And any one of those theories could sort of be the, the you know, the, the reasons behind it. So, uh, Sally took my galley. Do you think if they made Heroic Menagerie 770 because they're going to let us get to 880 during Solstice of Heroes? That theory has been floating around, and I don't know. I really, really don't know if they're going to go that route. I could see them taking us up to 800 in Solstice of Heroes and then saying, hey, everybody who hasn't really been able to consistently run uh heroic menagerie it just got significantly easier you're still going to have extinguish and you're still going to have modifiers that could be punishing but once you're above the delta it'd be a whole lot easier i I, i'm not going to put a lot of stock in this but it could be something that happens uh deck four two three four did they really uh did they really think it was a good idea to use blackout during the first week I don't think that they were in the dark. <laughs> no pun intended. I don't think that they were in the dark about what Blackout was going to bring. I don't think they were in the dark. I think they knew it was going to be bad, and I think that's why Repost was second to last and Hunted was last, because those two would have been near impossible or actually impossible with those modifiers. Like, I would love to see a hardcore team intentionally go in and drag it out and do Repost with 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 uh blackout on i want to see it done or or hunted um i i really do i'm not i'm not even sure if it's possible because how often you're going to get punched i think the only reason the only way you'd be able to do it is if you had like a a night stalker hiding most of the time and basically just using him to res people I honestly think that'd be the only way you'd be able to do those. Or spamming Titan Bubbles. Yeah, Titan Bubbles with Helm of Saint 14 might be the only way you would do it because you'd have to you'd basically have to do that to blind the enemies to keep you from getting punched but you could still get punched. A lot of times they get to the edge of the bubble, they punch and they still hit you as they come in and get blinded. Um, so, that, that's just that's something that I don't think they were in the dark on. I think they gave you a curated version of the encounters as far as the order on purpose. Uh, in the coming weeks, are they going to lighten up? Probably. They probably wanted, you know, day one to be really, really tough. Uh, and and then they'll lighten up maybe in future modifiers. 
Uh, Ant made it. Do you think weapons, armor, or armor should rotate every week and add in archetypes like pulses, auto scouts? It would create replayability. Oh yeah, that, I I I I already kind of answered this in another question. I think rhythmic urgency. I think rhythmic urgency needs to make a comeback. And they've unfortunately, I think they've given away too much ground. I don't know if rhythmic urgency will be able to main stay in the game. I think people are getting too accustomed to between Ada's bounties, between Ada's bounties and the the way that they're running the menagerie I don't think they're ever going to go back to like rhythmic urgency where you can only get this this week I think that's going to continue to go down um, that's going to continue to go down and it's in its presence in the game and I think that's unfortunate because I think it's a cool value point I think it's I think it's good uh, guardian down says do you think if Bungie went with the blueprint of menagerie for all future horde mode based activities would that be a good idea for continuing to make activities that might fail uh, that might fail like the reckoning I think you I think they got a pretty strong case to never ever ever go back and do anything like the reckoning ever again if you compare reckoning with menagerie reckoning is an absolute just joke it's it's a joke it's not it, it's a choir boy in comparison to menagerie menagerie is a ch- is a champion a piece of content and reckoning is like not at all um so that is i i think when they look at that and when they look at like how they're structuring grind how they're structuring um you know how are they structuring reward structure I think they have like you said a great great blueprint and I don't I, I just don't see them deviating from this uh, I just don't see them deviating Colonel uh, Forbin understanding we like new mechanics over just Delta do you think Heroic Menagerie is at least a first attempt to give us a reason to max power since we stay at 750 in a 770 encounter well I mean people chase max light anyway I don't think we needed a reason I don't think anybody was like, dude, what's the freaking point in, in getting max level? What's the point? I don't think that a lot of people felt that way. Uh, I think plenty of people had just liked chasing. Uh, they liked chasing power. Um, I don't think it was abnormal for somebody to spend a significant amount of time each week hoping to hit max. Um, now, since they deviated from heroic strikes and they got rid of you know, prestige mode and raids and stuff. Maybe this is their first endeavor back into, you know, prestige environments, heroic environments. My concern would be if they, if they're like, well, engagement with heroic, you know, menagerie wasn't very good. My concern would be the engagement's bad because the content's bad, right? Menagerie is a home run. Heroic menagerie ain't it. Okay. And so if they're like, well, look at the engagement for Heroic Menagerie. It just, it isn't worth the blood and treasure to make aspirational, really hard end game content. It's, you know, it's engagement's really low. Um, if, if that's their conclusion, then my concern would be you're not, it wasn't good content to begin with. So I would compare it and say, until you actually do something, the likes of King's Fall philosophy, where they made hard and they scaled it back to normal until they make content like that. I don't think they've truly tested what you're going to, what you're going to get as far as engagement and aspirational challenging heroic prestige content. Uh, King Stealer. 
in addition to the fact that the rewards aren't very good if the rewards were really good then then they might come to false conclusions and be like oh the, en- the engagement with heroic menagerie is great but the fact that the rewards aren't good either I think is going to really hurt engagement uh, King Stealer, I'm debating on buying Destiny 2 uh, but does it have lack of endgame like the division and I know Destiny 2 is like $120 to buy all the content that's not true at all um, d- no to get all the content right now probably costs you anywhere from 60 to 80 and that's literally everything and that's going to be significantly lower in September with um, that's going to be significantly lower in September when they launch New Light so as far as lacking endgame the endgame is getting significantly better right now the endgame is amazing the endgame is really good intentional farms really good loopable content uh, and more than likely, it's going to get even better in September. So, th- it is not $120 uh, to get into Destiny right now at all. Somebody says it's like $40 now. So, yeah, you've, you're off by a lot of money. <laughs> so, if you want to jump in now and enjoy Season of Opulence and enjoy the grind and get some characters, honestly, for $40, if you just took one character through the vanilla story and through Curse of Osiris, through Warmind, through Forsaken, and then through all of the seasonal content, that is unbelievable value. That's so much content. And honestly, the story the first time through is actually really enjoyable, I think. I think there's a lot of great story elements, a lot of great narrative. Um, So, uh, oh no, I felt evil the waffler do you think bad juju will be in heroic mode or do you think we'll get a quest like with the outbreak yeah they really like doing those quests don't they they did one for spindle they did one for, uh, they did one for whisper i'm sorry and then they did one for for outbreak i don't i don't know i would like it to be in heroic just because i feel like heroic such a dud i would also love to get a gun that feeds me super since they took away some of our super feed um exotics they're not as strong as they used to be Ace Trainer Joe, this is off topic. Uh, how do you feel about strike catalysts? I've been grinding strikes nonstop for a week, racking catalysts, and I've only gotten one to drop. I think you should get an increased drop rate if you're using the weapon. I think you should get an increased drop rate if you are using the weapon. I think that would be dope, and I think they should do it. By the way, if you're new to the stream, you've never been here before, you like the interactive radio-style content here with the back and forth in the Q&A, I do this all the time. Be sure to click the follow button on my channel. That helps me out. That's the little heart button, and then you won't miss out on the streams. Thanks so much for being here. Tribble, uh, Tri- Tribaju says, When do you think we'll get a whisper-like secret? Yeah, I mean, somebody just asked. I mean, it could be, it could be tied to the... It could be tied to the, uh, the, um, the, what's its face? The frickin', the gun we just got asked about. The, the bad juju. There could be a mission like that for the bad juju, especially considering the bad juju has, like, the cool, like, hive dirt, you know, dirty look or whatever. It's got, like, the skull on it. You know, they could do something really, really neat where we, like, go down into, like, a cave and it's really crazy secret and it's hive-oriented or something like that. They could do something like that. Which is masterwork best for PVE? I'm not actually sure what you mean. The best masterwork for PVE depends on the gun. Most people are putting range on their hand cannons and their shotguns, though. Troll Annie with the next question says, Do you think the reprisal of the class swords was a last-minute idea from Bungie for an added incentive to heroic? I find it odd, after great intentionality through the chalice, we'd go back to random drops on a boss kill. It does seem weird, um... He means armor. 
Oh, is masterwork? Do, yeah, I mean, there's no real reason to masterwork anything. I mean, in armor, it's not. It doesn't really do much. Um, I agree with you, Troll Annie. I agree with you, Annie, that they. It does seem like a weird pivot, um, especially considering that you can get um, every ver- every gun you want with the with the masterwork that you want, as well as the you know the actual gun that you want. You're just farming for the god roll. It is weird to be like random reskin sword drops from the heroic boss it seems really dissonant and very much out of step with the rest of menagerie that's one of the challenges of making really good content if you make really good content everybody is going to want that to be the the structure going forward they're going to judge your content against the backdrop of the new content they're not going to just take oh well no it's fine you know you know it's fine we'll just we'll just randomly get these drops whenever we're running this um i i just i don't think that people are going to accept this i I think a lot of people are going to say this isn't rewarding enough this isn't even a good enough reward i mean even if the swords were dope the fact that you can't do a chalice for it I think is is damaging to the experience of the player. It's like I don't want to do that's one chance, right? So this is a perfect reason why the expectations with the chalice are dangerous. The expectations with the chalice are dangerous because not only do you have intentionality, you have very, very generous drops. And then when you go back to a chance for one drop from the boss, people are like, this is dumb. So uh let's see here two switch says you think bungie should stop focusing so much on the seals for end game content personally i feel like that is why heroic menagerie was even put in the game to make the seal harder to attain um as long as seals are not rng i don't really care how they structure it as long as you don't wait on getting a seal or a triumph based on rng i don't i don't have a problem with it uh, Kayla Dog says, should the curated roles have been part of the regular menagerie and Heroic could have added the random roles? Oh, so, but, the, but cur- curated roles curated roles are supposed to be better. Curated roles are supposed to be better. Why would you force me to take curated roles and then add random roles uh, and then add random roles later? That would be weird. You're basically saying that the curated roles would be bad then, I would think. They wouldn't be very good. Um, this is why people like running the chalice multiple times, because it, it's probably pretty stinking hard to get the enhanced perks that you want on armor. So, Amish Milkman with the next question. What do you think needs to happen for scout rifles to be viable in a loadout since we have so many pulses and hand cannons fill the gap? I think the only way you get scouts to make them usable, and I've said this many times, and I know people probably think this is weird, I think scout rifles should hip fire like an SMG or an auto rifle. So I can, or, or have a fire mode toggle. Have a fire mode toggle. Let me have like two, you know, two scopes, and when I toggle the scope, I can use it like an AR, an SMG or something. Because then you'd have the range for whenever it's helpful in like long range environments. There are times where like hobgoblins appear and different things that it'd be nice to have a really, really strong scout. But then when everything is like up in your face, it'd be nice to be able to hip fire it like an auto rifle or an SMG or something. Uh, that would be, that would be my feedback is that scouts are not versatile 
And the other problem with scouts is they do not, I mean, they don't have footing in the game right now. They just don't. There's no footing for them. Nothing is that far away. Nothing is that painful that a hand cannon or a pulse can't take care of. And that's the main problem. That's the main problem. Is that when you go into content and you put on a scout, it meets very infrequent pain points that can be met by a pulse or a hand cannon. And then honestly, you can move a little bit closer with a hand cannon that does just fine. Now people are saying that sounds like a great idea for exotics and pinnacle weapons. I just think in general, you just should, should just change all scouts to be that way. All scouts, because they're long-range rifles, should have like fire mode adjustability or something from here on out. That's just something that they should do. And I know there are people that are going to be like, that's going to make them way too versatile. That's going to be weird. That's going to break PvP. You know, if they don't do something like that, then scouts will never get usage. Even, even when they create content where scouts can shine, like Shattered Throne, I still think you struggle with people being like, ah, I'll just use this instead. I've got a great hand cannon. I've got a great pulse, etc. So, I would say. You know, especially because you can really hip fire SMGs right now. You know, a lot of people can can use things like SMGs, like Recluse and stuff. And a lot of times, you can just hip fire it. You know, it gets the job done. It is not letting me launch this encounter. Uh, Alex Mike says, "How do you feel about adding uh, healing perks to guns? I think only the Crimson has a healing perk as a gun." Uh, yeah, didn't Suros Regime originally have something? I don't know if it still does. Um, yeah, you need to put that on an exotic, probably, I would say. Um, I think stuff like that needs to be reserved for exotics. Zeros has it. It's the Catalyst. There you go. Okay. If they do something like that, should be reserved for exotic. I'm pretty sure the, it's been data mined that the, the Lumina is going to do that. You'll be able to shoot teammates or create orbs or something that heal people. Um, Sally took my galley. Sorry for all the questions. Are the sword drops farmable only or only available when you have a powerful reward in the chalice? It drops from the boss, so I'm fairly certain it's farmable. Defo side. Do you think we are getting another outbreak style mission this season? Uh, if we do, it'd probably be for the, it'd probably be for the, um, I, we just talked about it and I've literally left my brain. If we do it, it'd be for the exotic with the skull on its face and the, you can get the bad juju. Thank you. Frick's sake, Lono. Get with it. Yeah, the bad juju. If they do want to be for that one. Dr. Bad Llama. We only have one more question, guys. If you want to submit questions, we're running out. That's fine. We can run out if you don't have questions. We also have one spot in our group here for Menagerie Normal. Thank you, Liverlobes, for 22 months. Should curated rolls be pinnacle or god rolls on that particular weapon? I think they should be god rolls with a unique perk. That's what I think. I think curated rolls should be god rolls with a unique perk. Well, now we're going to have too many people. Um, I think that's how they should work. That's th- if, if you're going to do a curated roll, you should say, like, let's just say the hand cannon, the awe stringer. The curated roll should have Feeding Frenzy on it. And that is literally the only way to get Feeding Frenzy. You cannot get Feeding Frenzy on a random roll. So the, hero- the, the curated roll is exciting, right? 
that's exciting. Um, maybe even do Feeding Frenzy and call it, like, um, Frenzy Buff, and have a curated role where Feeding Frenzy and some damage buff is, is interplaying with each other. Like, the more often you use Feeding Frenzy, like, if you're, like, a reload crazy person, every time you do that, you could, like, stack a damage buff that lasts longer than Kill Clip, so it's like Rampage, but you have to intentionally choose to stack it and reload and play in a certain way. And then you're like, oh, there you go, unique weapon, right? Have a pulse rifle with... Have a pulse rifle with, uh... With frickin', um... Have a pulse rifle with Desperado, since Desperado is in the game and not really anywhere, and nobody really cares about the broadsword anymore. Cruxley, I know you dislike curated loadouts, but how would you feel about having raid encounters drop items from the loadout you use to complete it, uh, or unlocking additional perks on those weapons? I I thought it would be cool if you remember how they did the solstice armor. It starts green, and then you do all these things, and you level up the armor. It'd have been cool if they did that with raid armor and raid guns. Like, you get it, and it's basic, but if you use that gun and that armor a bunch in the raid, it slowly unlocks more stuff and, like, levels it up. So by the time you're done, your raid gun has an extra perk. Your raid armor has an extra perk that you unlocked. That would be pretty dope. That other guy. Haven't played for a while. Any tips for me starting up again? Anything I should do first? Very first thing you should do if you're jumping in now and you own all the content is go and see Werner. He's with the new NPC. Go and see Werner and start the quest line that gives you the 690 gear to jumpstart your leveling. That'd be the first thing I would do. After that, do your milestones, do menagerie. You know, leveling is so much better now than it used to be. Uh, Leaner. Do you think Bungie should embrace role identity to some degree, small or large, with class design, gear design? I don't know about roles because I think one of the dangers of, of doing that is people, if you like, if you're running a warlock and you're on void and you're like, well, I have to be the healer or whatever. Um, I think that's a danger because in this game, you, you'd you'd almost have to say. Every class would need a role that's interchangeable. So if you're a Titan and you don't want to be healer, you want to be DPS, you should be able to do that. There should be like healer, DPS, and tank builds for every single class. So you don't feel sort of pigeonholed like, well, if I pick Warlock, everybody's going to want me to be the healer and I'm not going to be able to play with what I want. You know what I mean? I think that would be the way to do it. Now, I think they could do this with attunements. I think if you drill down in the attunements and modify the things you're already using. I've always used knife trick as an example. We have a thousand cuts, and you can make your knife trick, you know, do damage over time, and I can make mine do more damage. And that affects how often we get knife trick. Stuff like that. And then you make knife trick heal you on a kill, uh, like devour, but then you your your knife regeneration is severely slowed whenever you do that. Um, stuff like that. So then you're modifying the way that you play Way of a Thousand Cuts. You could play Way of a Thousand Cuts as a healed tank build or as a DPS build, right? Or as a spam damage over time build, you know? Like, you could have a lot of different ways that fleshes out, but again, you've, you've got to, I think that's when you have to think wisely about, you don't want people feeling like, well, if I run this class, that's the role of a warlock now. It would need to be, you know, each class thoughtful about that. Is there a promise for Masterwork every reset? 
Well, there's not a promise, but I'm fairly certain since everybody popped Heroic the first time and got double items and the extra item was fully masterworked, I'm pretty sure that that's how it's structured. Uh, Mr. Morks, or Mr. Works, I'm sorry. What do you think about Lute Smith pushing the July update back for the Bungie staff to have a break? And can the community ever be satisfied? Listen, the fact that Bungie is being forward, you know, thinking and saying, we're going to make sure we don't do crunch. We're not going to do that to our staff. I actually think that's really good. I know people get, there have been people that have gotten irritated in the past at how long their holiday breaks are. And I've always politely told those people to shut the frick up. Because I would much rather have a very, very happy and, you know, I want the, the human beings that work on this game to flourish and to live good lives. I don't want them to be slaves to the demand of the player. Um, and in light of the recent news we've heard about Crunch at different studios and everything that happened with Anthem, people literally taking mental health leave of absences. I mean, that that's not, that's, that is completely absurd. That should not be something that's happening. And it shouldn't even need to be freaking said that people shouldn't be worked to that level. No, we shouldn't even be having to have this conversation. It's honestly embarrassing. It's embarrassing that we even have to have the conversation. That companies shouldn't work their employees to the breaking point. It is an embarrassment that we have to have the conversation, okay? So when Bungie's gonna be like, we're not crunching, we're not doing that to our staff, we're taking a break, I applaud that, I do. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And to say that's capitalism for you, I wholeheartedly reject that. That is not true. That is a choice. That is a choice by folks in charge, higher ups and executives. That is their decision. That is not dictated by demand and margins. That's dictated by people in charge wanting bigger bottom lines and bigger bonuses. You do not treat your staff that way, ever. It's, it's, it is absurd. It is absurd. Uh, Dr. Cleveland, love your idea of adjusting scouts. Would you also apply this to sidearms? I don't, I don't really, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't really care about sidearms in PvE. <laughs> They're not really designed, right? They're not really designed for PvE. So I'm not like really worried about their presence in PvE. Like, it's not a concern of mine. Um, I don't know. When I look at PvE, I'm like, you know what I could really use right now as a sidearm? I'm really disappointed that I can't use a sidearm. You know, the honest to goodness truth is I don't think sidearms should have ever been added to the game. I mean, that's a fact. I just don't think they belong in the game. This is a space magic game where I throw a ball of energy from my hands and you gave us pea shooter sidearms that really only get their footing in Crucible. And that that's... They just... <laughs> they shouldn't... Um, they shouldn't They shouldn't have done that. They canceled their appearance at Guardian Con? No, 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 no. They didn't cancel their appearance at Guardian Con. They're, they're, they're pushing a July update back so that they wouldn't have crunch. They didn't want to, like, work their staff, like, overwork their staff to ensure the July update. They're still going to Guardian Con. I mean, unless there's been an announcement made in the last 10 minutes, I, that is, that would, I don't think that's happening. It wouldn't be, it's not that hard for them to go to Guardian Con. Any, well, I mean, it is. I mean, they got to take stuff with them. They got to take all the equipment and everything. But as far as I know, they're not doing that. Um, Nutaria says, 
Compared to D1, what's your current stance on PvE variety and endgame and Menagerie's loopable content? Destiny 1 got the loot and the challenge philosophy right, but they didn't get the loop right. So they never really, like, Archon's Forge and, 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 and Court of Oryx and Prison of Elders were not, were not as good as Menagerie. Menagerie wins. Menagerie is the best piece of PvE content that Bungie has ever designed. And I know people are like, what was Vicarious Visions? Well, I'm, I'm sure Bungie had a hand in design philosophy and vision casting, okay? So, it's the, this is the best piece of PvE content they've ever created. But, when I think of endgame rewards, okay? When I think of Wrath of the Machine, and I think of Vogue, and I think of Age of Triumph, D1 wins. The endgame rewards were significantly better, and their philosophy about challenge was better. Um, their philosophy about challenge was better as well. Because when you look at King's Fall Normal to Hard, when you look at Wrath Normal to Hard, when you look at challenge modes, when you look at the challenge modes during Age of Triumph, significantly better with respect to challenge philosophy. Delta scaling and really, really, really insane modifiers that one-shot you and then extinguish, I, that, I, that's just, it, that is so low rung compared to King's Fall, compared to Wrath of the Machine, compared to the, the, the challenge modes. I mean, it, that is low rung. That is bottom of the freaking barrel as far as challenge, you know, as far as making stuff challenging. Um, I think we're accepting a poultry offering with respect to challenging content when compared to things they've done before because uh, we know they can do it we know they can make great content and they need to go back to that philosophy Me- uh, Melmzy do we know if Armor 2.0 will include uh, changes to shaders current consumable system is honestly annoying I hope so. I would love it. Right now, I end up deleting my shaders because it's annoying and there's so many of them. But now I'm kind of bummed that I did it because I'm like, I have to go to collections. I have to look at shaders and kind of guess what it's going to look like on a gun unless it's your primary. And then I got to pull the shader out and then apply it. I would love it if the shader menu was completely contained on a gun. Now that gets problematic. How many shaders are in the game right now? It's it's <laughs> it's a pretty high number. Uh, so maybe maybe going into the the collection system and being able to say preview shader on, and then I could preview the shader on a given thing and then apply it from there. That might help alleviate needing to like if I pull up a gun and I go to the shader menu and it's it's big as it is there are shaders now. I think that could be. Uh, rough. So, Eugene says, definition of capitalism for the uninformed is an economic system based on the private ownership of the means of production and their operation for profit. It does not inherently put people ahead of profits. It does not inherently make people work on godly hours. The driving force behind this stuff is greed, not the economic system itself. Right. It's, it's, it's the difference between the government running the businesses and the economy, um, which in many cases they kind of do, uh, <laughs> especially in America. Yay, uh, politics. But um, yeah, I, I, I genuinely think that you can't blame capitalism for companies overworking their staff. <laughs> like, I just I don't think that you can blame capitalism. I, I don't. I think that there are um, there are there are other things at play there that are unnecessary. I'm going to die. Um, again, um, 
blaming capitalism is a passing of the buck. That is a passing of the buck. There are people and, and executives that are deciding to over, overwork their staff. You are passing the buck. There are plenty of businesses right now in existence flourishing in the American economy, okay? There are plenty that aren't overworking their staff, okay? So, blaming capitalism is a passing of the buck. You should be blaming the people that are deciding it and not the system that has led to businesses flourishing in in very different and and varied ways we're not going to get into a political like an eco economical socio-political discussion right now but that's a passing of the buck uh six months from star walrus uk thank you so much for half a year sergi with 15 months thank you tracks a million with six months thank you welcome back everybody leviathan where do you draw the line with heroic menagerie difficulty um should it be something everyone can easily do for something that does not require something that requires a coordinated group like raids? I feel that Delta scaling is meant for D2 hardcores mainly, not exclusively. Here's the thing though. I Here's my problem. If you're going to say that the Delta scaling and the punishing, you know, it, it, modifiers like blackout. Oh, that's for hardcore players, okay? I'm going to push back and say there was a time where we weren't designing we weren't designing endgame encounters for redeem and i don't have any issues with redeem i like glad and chevy and they're nice they've stopped by they hang out you know they're really talented but we shouldn't be designing content for redeem i just people that figure out the most insane damage structures and thresholds and people that are really good at surviving and really challenging content, people that are really good at two manning, three manning, one manning no manning, whatever Like they are not the hardcore players they're like they're like 1% of a 1% I mean I would consider myself a pretty hardcore player and the people that hang out here are pretty hardcore players and we don't go and do that kind of content, we don't go and do that kind of thing 25 months from Shep, thank you. I don't know. If if you think Redeem represents the hardcore players in Destiny, I think you are slicing a slice of a slice of a slice of a slice. I just don't think... And I think it results in narrow content. And, and I can prove it results in narrow content, right? If, if, if Redeem and Glad and Chevy and all those guys have to go into endgame content and say, the only way we're really ratcheting up the difficulty for ourselves is by three-manning, two-manning, whatever, okay? Then I think that proves that they're in an insane minority, right? There are They are an insane minority. Calling out gigs? No. I'm saying we shouldn't create content for people like gigs and, and Glad and Chevy because they're a, mi- they're a minority. They're so good at the game, they have to impose their own challenges on themselves, right? So even when they launch Heroic Menagerie and a bunch of us are like, uh, Extinguish, uh, Blackout, blah, the Delta, blah, and they go in there and they're like, well, let's three-man it, let's two-man it, let's try to solo it. Like, I just think even once they kind of learn the ins and outs of the content, even they sort of exist above it. They're like, you just stand in a well with six people, right? That's how you stay alive. You just you just get the team in this spot and do this thing, you know. Um, and I, I that's why I think like you shouldn't be designing content for those folks because they're going to do that anyway. They're going to go in and two man, three man. They're going to impose those challenges. And also, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
I would love it if Redeem couldn't three-man stuff because you required so many mechanical pieces of synergy, six people doing all these different things with cannons or bombs or whatever the frick. I actually think content is better when you can't do that. I'm not saying the entire team has to stay alive. Like, I'm not trying to embrace the token, the revive token system that I don't like. But when you're like, everybody's got to grab a Scorch Cannon and everybody's got to go over in this spot and do this thing and do that and blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking about requiring perfection. But when you start requiring mechanical pain to the point that the really skilled players can't three-man it, that to me is true difficulty. When you're just delta scaling and making us die fast and then kicking us to orbit when we die I, I just don't think that that's good content um, and it especially doesn't feel like good content when the hardcore players you seem to be designing it for are 1% of a 1% of a 1% and even they have to do self-imposed challenges to make it truly difficult for themselves you know like have you really achieved challenging content when you've kicked everybody in the face with the delta and punishing modifiers and punishing mechanics like uh like extinguish have you really achieved challenging content with that when the super hardcore guys you seem to be designing the content for are like let's three man it <laughs> i mean you see what i'm saying where do you draw the line i just think rather than me going into extravagant details about how they should design the content, you can go back and look at the difference between normal and hard King's Fall, normal and hard Wrath, and all of the challenge modes for Vault of Glass and and, and, and all the King's Fall environments and stuff, all those challenge modes. That's your spectrum for difficulty. That is your spectrum for difficulty. Because that makes it to where when someone's trying to speed run or do a shorthanded goal, right? They're trying to do a three man. They've got more plates to spin, not just more damage to deal with. Don't you see how binary and simplistic it is to be like, there's just more damage to deal with. They're stronger and you're weaker. That's it. That's it. They punch you and you die. They're stronger. You're weaker, right? That's the, that's That's it. That's it. Delta kick to orbit and and blackout they're stronger you're weaker that is not to me nuanced dynamic challenging content so and look everybody's free to disagree on this they are bungie needs to look at player engagement okay if players are looking at heroic menagerie and saying two things if they're either saying too punishing and keep in mind there is a difference between punishing and challenging and I think we need to keep those categories in mind because reckoning was punishing it wasn't challenging (laughs) there wasn't anything challenging about reckoning but it was punishing okay so people are saying oh it's too punishing Bungie needs to take note if people are saying it's not rewarding enough Bungie needs to take note because one of two things needs to happen if you're going to punish the player then the rewards need to be great right or if you're going to challenge the player, maybe don't focus so much on punishing us, but challenge us. And either way, rewards got to be better. Either way. <laughs> either way. OP Mark says, do, do you miss faction grinds for exotic class items? Uh, would that bring them back to the multi-season dedication of a faction? Oh, I want factions to come back in a variety of ways. I don't necessarily know if I'm I'm, I'm going to get down with this. I mean, it would be cool as long as it doesn't limit your armor exotic. Like, I'm not going to take off Luna faction boots to put on an exotic, you know, an exotic faction piece. 
Unconventional. Do you think with the new swords being somewhat of a pinnacle drop, but swords not really being in a good spot right now, might be a good time to change the non-exotic ones from being power to energy? I mean, I literally said that I think these weapons, these these um, swords in particular, they should be energy. And Bungie should be like, yeah, they're they're in aspirational content. They have a low drop rate. They're specific to your class, so you need all three if you want to run them on all three characters. And they're energy swords, less damage and less less ammo, but you can use them as like a gut buster. I would love that. I'd love it. WC Mally, do you think there are too many hand cannons, especially exotics? I feel like the effective range of a hand cannon in PVE is especially makes other guns not necessary. Man, people love hand cannons. I don't know. There are way too many, though. There are way too many, and I don't know what the fix is. People have just really fallen in love with them. <clears throat> I think the Fatebringer started it. <laughs> the Fatebringer started it. So. Uh, Stewbot says, How do you feel about top perks being all damage-based? Do you think we've hit a ceiling on perks? This is why I said this yesterday, so I'm very briefly going to say, move all primaries to the primary slot, move all secondaries to the secondary slot, give us energy primaries, elements on all primaries, and then they could start to invest in damage perks and elemental perks. So you could have a gun that is purely focused on its elemental perks, damage over time, firefly, you know, chain lightning, things like this, and then you could have more creativity in the weapons. It would still be just as efficient, but you wouldn't be like, yep, yeah, just give me Outlaw and Rampage. Like, you'd be like, oh, there's a chain lightning perk. There's a, because a chain lightning perk on an auto rifle would be dope if you remember Zalo, right? I mean, a suppression perk, a blinding perk, a damage over time burning perk, you know, things like this would be dope, and it would make us not feel so much like, well, you just got to go for damage perks, you know, Outlaw, Rampage, Feeding Frenzy, Rampage, Kill Clip, things like this. Um, it is it is sort of a, of a thinned out perk pool right now. That's my hope. If, if you're going to have reward structure like Menagerie continue where I'm getting tons of drops and intentional drops as well, uh, then you better freaking you better freaking really elaborate on the on the perk pool. I mean, if you don't elaborate on the perk pool, then you're going to be able to consistently get god rolls. I mean, we can get god rolls very efficiently right now, uh, very efficiently right now, and that that's that's not a problem if it's if there's more perks and it's 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 a little bit more challenging to get god rolls. Ryan. You ever see Bungie allowing shaders on exotic weapons, or does that take away from the ornaments too much? I mean, they let you do it on armor, so I don't see why they wouldn't let you do it on guns. I, you know, I, that's, I think that's a fine request. I mean, if you remember back in D1, I remember running Helm of Saint, and I remember being so annoyed that I could not put a shader on it, because I would run... My favorite shader in D1 was the one that you could get from... You could get it from Eris Morn, and it was Sun... Breaking was that what it was called? Sunbreaking or something? It was like black and orange, and it was freaking awesome. And the thing that I hated the absolute much most was running it with Helm of Saint fourteen because it was like you can't you you can't put the perk on that you want. You know, I'm sorry, the shader on that you want was it Sunbreaker? Yeah, that was such a great shader. And having this stupid silver helmet with a pink racing stripe down the middle, but. Helma Saint was the best. I mean, Helma Saint was what you what you ran in PVE content. It was a great exotic for bubble. Um, so I would love to see them do that with guns. Cause like if you run, let's say you run Lord of Wolves, 
I mean, that'd be great to make that, to apply shaders to that. I would love to make this look different and line up with my, my red and black, my, uh, you know, my, uh, my love for the red and black, you know? Kabuki Nuts says, uh, did I go the wrong way? No, I'm going the right way. Jumping back into D2 and completing Menagerie for the first time yesterday, any tips for farming runes? Put on Rune Finder and run Lake of Shadows on the EDZ director. Don't go into the playlist. Literally go to the director and just run Lake of Shadows over and over and over again with Rune Finder. Or if you don't mind Crucible that bad, run Rune Finder and play Crucible. Cruxley with the next question. Do you think having elemental versions of each raid primary only available in a hard mode raid would be enough to justify the increased difficulty? Uh, with random elements. I don't think you can do random elements. Um, right? I don't think that you uh, could do random elements. I think the problem would be that you could end up with kind of like broken builds i think sometimes like the damage threshold of a weapon means it can't be void because the tractor cannon um but but i do think they could do elemental primaries across the board i don't necessarily agree with saying only elemental primaries in hard mode raid i don't i don't think i agree with that philosophy i think that's swinging too hard because, like, you're trying to correct the problem, right? I pointed out that the problem is aspirational content doesn't have aspirational rewards, right? That's a problem. You're overswinging. Because their philosophy seems to be, yeah, man, we can't really put only dope gear in raids that'll really upset people. That seems to be a philosophy from Bungie. And you're like, well, let's overswing and be like, yeah, the only way you can get elemental primaries is in hard mode raid. I think that's an overcorrection that people would largely reject and get really annoyed by. And I think they would probably be justified in their annoyance. I would say you're far better off putting perks on raid guns in general that can only be gotten in the raid that makes those guns particularly special and unique not not they should be uniquely powerful but not like so unique that you're like well this is the only place you can get an elemental primary I think that's too unique um anticipate the good says uh do you have any tips about after getting max power level I find it hard to play after ending all my weekly quest what do you keep playing on play what you like I don't really have a recommendation because once somebody is kind of max level maybe they love running raids every week I don't uh, maybe they um, I've just lost my flavor for them part of that's because of the reward structure but um, maybe you really really like grinding strikes public events maybe you just love PvP right I just that that's going to be really determined by your affinities and your loves um, in the game what do you like doing I like grinding for god rolls once I'm kind of done max leveling I like grinding for god rolls that's what I like doing Ashton Annihilator uh, Crucible question there are so many ways to instigate people in Crucible now I love your use of instigate by the way that is a quake callback. Uh, even now, counting Lord of... Even not counting Lord of Wolves, I'm sorry. Handheld Supernova, Shoulder Charge, Zanagi, Recluse, Grenade Launcher, uh, Mountaintop Recluse, I can go on forever. Am I overstating this, or does Crucible need addressed to make gunfights more fun? Man, I, here's something about Crucible that I just find odd. Um, I don't have any issues with Triple Wreck. 
but he had a tweet last night with verbiage that I found interesting. He said that he saw somebody, um, Instagib was out before, Instagib was in Quake before Unreal, wasn't it? Wasn't there Instagib CTF in Quake before Unreal Tournament? Um, with Railguns? Railgun CTF Instagib servers? I thought that existed before Unreal. Um, in any case. He said that he sent a message to somebody who was quote-unquote abusing One-Eyed Mask and Recluse and Mountaintop. And I myself recently took issue with Mountaintop Recluse combination, the TTK being absurd, the time to kill being very, very fast, okay? I took issue with it. But I don't think I ever once used the verbiage like, oh, somebody is abusing. That's They're abusing that. It's like, but that's stuff that they earned. And there were people responding to the tweet, laughing, high-fiving him, like, ha, 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 you know, because the guy got angry and, like, lashed back at him. Um, And he was like, you know, oh, you're that sensitive. And I'm like, but you know what you were doing. You were criticizing his gameplay decisions, and people are going to get defensive when they feel criticized, right? And so I feel like the crucible right now has created this weird idyllic sort of uh i don't even know what to call it i'm gonna call it idyllic arrogance okay because because even harry's saying abusing the meta can be tilting sure and i love ari i don't have any issues with ari i think he's i think he's actually putting on display a mentality that is shared in the community i mean as harry says it right now abusing the meta but why is it abusing why are we using the word abuse right shouldn't the word abuse be saved for like something that's an exploit something that is wrong because doesn't the word abuse seem to indicate and intimate that the person's doing something wrong right um you know it's like i but again i'm i'm not taking issue with triple because triple i believe is is ex- establishing and expressing a very common sentimentality in the crucible right now that if you use stuff that's really really strong you're abusing th- that you're abusing that and it's like you're a this you're a that you're a blah 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 not to mention people call pulse rifles dad rifles another form of denigration I call it idyllic arrogance. You're arrogant. You think if I don't run your idyllic skill gap, skill establishing build, that I'm using a dad rifle or I'm abusing the meta. What? What are you talking about? I I can use a a pulse rifle. It's a gun in the game. It's strong. I'd be, look, I'd be an ignorant idiot to not use something that's strong and helps me play better. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be the actual argument to make? I've always said that. I take issue with the imbalancing or the, the, the metas or the guns. I never take issue with people using something that is strong. Why? Cause you should. You're supposed to do that. The path of least resistance is the path that leads to success. It's literally a survival instinct in our brains to say this is the path of least resistance this is the strongest path to victory that would be like saying I can't believe these guys are going into this raid and abusing the swarm spike grenade with tractor cannon and one phasing the boss nobody would say that nobody would say that why 
because you're going into PvE and you're going in with the strongest build. It is the path of least resistance. It is the best pass. It is the best pathway to success. So to tell somebody they're abusing One-Eyed Mask and 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 Mountaintop and Recluse, or they're abusing the meta, or they're using a dad rifle. I mean, I, I, I just I wonder if the Crucible is is in such a strange state right now that it just puts people in a bad mood because. I get it. Listen, I empathize. When you get really, really good at a game, okay, I got really, really good at Quake 3 back in the day, and I got pretty dadgum good at Call of Duty, all right? When you get really, really good at a video game, there's nothing worse than losing to something instead of someone, okay? I get it. You feel like you're losing to something instead of someone. It's like that gun is so absurdly strong. That's why that person, that's why that person just killed me. Okay. That's why that person just killed me. This is great. Enhanced cannon reloader for, I'm sorry, enhanced reloader for grenade launcher with grenade launcher scavenger, but grenade launcher scavenger only works with special ammo. So I guess maybe we should consider saving that, uh, in the event that they ever make grenade launcher scavenger, not stupid. (laughs) Um, but And here's the thing, I'm not even really taking issue with triple, because we've had this discussion all week when I was playing Iron Banner. I was getting salty, I didn't like losing to bad spawns, there was nothing worse than getting four or five bad spawns in a row, and then losing a game that we were winning. It's like, you literally spawned me into the pathway of somebody super. You literally spawned me next to three people. You know, four or five bad deaths in a row like that, and it can lead to a steamroll loss that you were previously winning. So I know we all get salty, and we all get irritated, and we all say things, but I just think the the idyllic arrogance, this idea that if you don't run the idyllic skill expression loadout, you're somehow abusing something, or you're somehow inferior. You're a dad. You're using a dad rifle. Dad rifle. It's just like, dude, what the frick are we even doing? Listen, you gotta accept this, okay? Either accept this or play another freaking game. Bungie is always going to put low entry kill mechanics and abilities in their game. They're going to. So accept it or play another freaking game. That's destiny for the last five years. You're delusional. You are delusional if you think after five years of having low entry abilities, space magic, and weapons that one hit kill. It's low entry, right? Okay? It's low entry. If you don't like that, then go frickin' play something else. Because it's not going away. It just isn't. If it was going away, it'd be gone by now. It's been happening for half of a decade. Accept it or shut the frick up and play something else. Because, listen, Fortnite's got the same struggle. It's got the same struggle, okay? Low entry. They want low-skill players to be able to jump into Fortnite and have a ball. High skill ceiling. You can play at the level of Tifu. okay? They've got this thing going on. The problem is the funnel's always fuller at the bottom. It's always fuller at the bottom. And if these people down here start to feel, start to feel like, dude, I can't get anything accomplished in this game. I can't get it done. I cannot, I I can't even get a freaking kill because everything is skill, high skill gap oriented, high skill expression oriented. They're going to stop playing. 
they're going to stop playing. Look at what happened in Trials. Rise of Iron removes the new gear from the Trials bounties, and the casuals vacate Trials. And then everybody complains. Matchmaking took forever. Matches were more sweaty. There was more inconsistent connections. Why? Because you emptied the funnel of players because you hurt the casual incentivization. I think that the, the Trials bounties is one of the best things they need to bring back to the game. Right? I know people want trials to come back, but something that brings the casual in and says, you don't got to be a god to get some type of a reward. And then when you were a god stack team and you went to the lighthouse, there was a special reward waiting for you. There was an adept weapon, right? And so to look at the meta and to disparage people for using pulse rifles by calling them dad rifles or to tell somebody they're abusing one-eyed mask and 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 uh by the way let's ignore one-eyed mask for a minute the mountaintop is insanely grindy all right and so is the recluse those are those are worthy trophies but again we can have a discussion about their time to kill their time to kill is ridiculous i mean i was getting killed by people so fast with that combination the only way i could shut them down was with the lord of wolves and the lord of wolves is absurd as well it's absurd okay so I just think the entire tone around Crucible right now is just grumpy, idyllic arrogance, and I don't like it. Like, I went in and played like a grimy idiot, and I told people, right? I told people, it's a shame that the grimiest stuff is the funnest. I was running shoulder charge with skull fort and a Lord of Wolves, and it was stupid what I was doing to people. I know people were getting annoyed with me. I was getting teabagged. It was broke. It was broken. Okay. It was broken what I was doing but I was having a stupid blast. And I know when you're a high-skilled player, it is not fun to die to something instead of someone. You're like, I'm dying to this item. This item's too strong. This item's too easy to use. I would rather die to skill. Because when you die to skill, you know, when you get in a shootout with Lumi and he just wrecks your face and, you know, St. Shadestep's just owning you and your team, you're like, okay, I'm losing to skill. Like, no doubt about it. But when you die to something instead of someone, I get that that's tilting. But you also have to just say, that's destiny. That's been in destiny for five years. I really am curious if people think we're ever going to leave this era. Like when they take issue with really strong items, do they honestly think we're ever going to get to a place where there's not one hit kill space magic in the game? Whether it's handheld supernova or shoulder charge or shotguns or you know any of those things even if especially teams that really really run heavy very very well and they get really good grenade launchers you're dealing with you're dealing with heavies as well like it just isn't i just don't know if bungie's ever going to take pvp down this road of mega balanced skill expression only pvp i just don't think either one of two things either they're not equipped to do it or they don't really have a vision vision for it because we tried mega balanced gun based meta in D2 year one and it was really really bad now admittedly map design and choke points and lane lane choke point heavy map design combined with radar reach and combined with double primary like that might have been a contributing factor to people not enjoying that crucible but that crucible I think was an expression of just why if you take destiny and you neuter it down to gun skill only it really gets bland and boring 
the minute you wh- whittle it down to just skill expression, just gunplay, it turns into team shot. Now, if you went back in time to D2 year one and you said, well, make the time to kill faster so people feel like they can make plays quicker because then I'll be more inclined to push a team with a hand cannon and get and win my ones. I still think you would have dealt with team shot because of map design. You'd almost have to go all the way back in time, redo all of the maps to create more verticality, more flanking options, more take the team by surprise choices of movement and then lower time to kill so that someone as good as triple wreck could go into could go into the crucible and feel like they're making plays they're expressing their skill they're not dying to one hit kill weapons they're not dying to gimmicky things um and i don't know your toxic attitude ran many people off in fortnite are you talking to me i don't i don't think i'm being toxic at all i'm just saying i find it odd that after five years people think they're gonna they're gonna rid rid the crucible of one hit kill items and really really strong meta items um just skill expression is fun for the skilled players it shouldn't be a thing in quick play but slight sandbox updates to ranked could help comp better I I want people to enjoy destiny but I just don't know if I see a future where this space magic isn't upsetting this idea of truly competitive, true skill-based PvP in Destiny. I I don't know if it's possible. The game's been out for so long, and and Solideo Glory is saying, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm coming around to your idea of letting the game breathe concept. Doing that leaves the one-hit kill stuff in the game, but you don't actually have it, but you can actually play around it. Right. Like larger maps, larger fights would let the game breathe a little bit. So shoulder charge, and if you were running mountaintop recluse, and the and the team that you were playing against was really navigating open areas better, it'd be really hard for you to, to pull off mountaintop recluse well because closing gaps and closing spaces would be harder in open areas. You'd be getting shot out in the open, right? So letting the game breathe would tone down shoulder charge, shotgun rushing, mountaintop recluse. Uh, it would one-eyed mask might still need looked at, but it would tone some of that down. However, it does seem like the big maps were generally disliked the most over the years. And Rhino's saying it would become a slow snipe fest. Not necessarily. If maps are designed smartly, then a snipe a snipe lane can be avoided and flanked. A close quarters rumble room that would be like shotgun heavy can be avoided if need be. It can be flanked. It can be alternate routes like verticality and alternate routes is the way to upset this like everyone's just gonna snipe everyone's just gonna shotgun rush everyone's just gonna fill in the blank good map design grates against that everybody running the same exact loadout because if you're gonna snipe down a lane I know that lane is now yours I'm either gonna try and counter snipe you with my own sniper maybe I think I'm better right try and snipe a lane against crafty you see what I'm saying I'm going to counter snipe you or I'm going to flank you. I'm going to take another route. I'm going to take some vertical and I'm going to force you to either leave your position of dominance and look up, look left, look right, switch to something different like a close quarters weapon. Now I'm close to you. Now I can throw a grenade on you. Now I can shoot you with my hand cannon. Now I can, you know, fill in the blank. So 
having maps that breathe and allow for different loadouts would create less of this dude this guy's just running around with mountaintop recluse it's ridiculous because when I played against it I pointed it out now again I didn't criticize the player I can't believe he's abusing this I said dude it's really frustrating to play against this type of player they've earned really dope loot and the result of their really dope loot is a time to kill that's basically unstoppable like i can't i can't stay alive it's like hits the wall beside me comes around the corner sprays me with recluse i felt like i was playing call of duty (laughs) so no game has true skill expression but low skill kills need to counter the issue right now in destiny is that the most one hit kill weapons just don't have a counter no matter how good you are when you see that player there's nothing you can do uh you are dead full stop and that's not fun right like i said it feels like you're playing call of duty you're dead before you can even kind of react. You're like, you literally, the, the grenade from the, the you know, mountaintop hits, your, hit, hits you close to your feet or the wall or the ceiling. And now you're suddenly softened up. And then they come flying around the corner and you're dead. And it's like, I don't have anything in my inventory that can kill that fast. So my counter to what you're doing is nothing. So, um, but again, that's the dilemma isn't it we're just going in a big circle how do you incentivize pvp players with pinnacle gear make this gear strong well if you make the gear strong then you end up with recluse mountaintop meta where everybody that's been grinding has those two guns and can just go run amok over people and to to complain about that or or to say somebody's abusing that i just i don't understand that it's like dude those are pinnacle weapons that person farmed for i mean grinded for i'm sorry um and that's the dilemma in a space magic power fantasy game how are you going to motivate a player to grind crucible with power (laughs) with power and once you give that person power it's like a double whammy right they're a good player they're a committed player they've been playing a lot to get the really good weapon so they're super familiar with the maps and <laughs> and now you've given them really really strong gear it's like it's it's multiple layers of uh of problems and luna's and the not forgotten needed nerves yeah, maybe they should have let Lunas and Not Forgotten alone because maybe they could have shut down some of these absurd, you know, pushes with Mountaintop Recluse. I don't know if it's fast enough. I don't know if Time to Kill on a Lunas and a Not Forgotten was fast enough to compete with that. So. So. I think what Triple Rec said is important because I think it establishes an attitude in the Crucible right now that can either be alleviated by Bungie, you know, changing the way they think about balance and the way they think about weapons, or he's putting on display an attitude that probably is never going to go away because the game is just full of power. It's just never going to go away, right? I mean, I was playing Crucible and I was getting tilted and salty. Why? It, it's not enjoyable to die to stuff that you don't feel like you can pre- prevent non-preventative deaths are frustrating you go on a little tear you get some nice kills win a couple shootouts and you're like yeah man and then all of a sudden some dude comes flying around the corner with his shoulder charge and he kills you and you're like great dude you totally outplayed me good job I guess I'll do something different next time except I can't it's, it's not preventable <laughs> you know Dark side. As it seems, Bungie's done little to grow Destiny's uh, rating community, in-game social features, and group finders. Do you think having so many hurdles to doing Heroic Menagerie was a mistake? Well, we definitely don't want matchmaking, but I think some type of in-game group finder would help. I think it would help. I don't know if they're ever going to do it, though. 
Johnson, how do you feel about EA's characterizations of loot boxes as surprise mechanics? Um, I think it's funny, and I think that they shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I, I, I'm an EA game changer, but y- you, you can't call a loot box a surprise mechanic. Um, number one, it's not a mechanic. It is a, <laughs> it's literally a, 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 a chance, right? A mechanic is something like in the game, you know, go and stand on this plate, uh, use this button to block this pass. Like that's a mechanic. Opening a box and getting a random item is, isn't a, isn't a mechanic. Um, I think they should completely change their attitude and philosophy about it because the attitude and philosophy of the gaming world, as well as potentially the government is changing with respect to loot boxes. So adapt or, or don't lack of adaptation usually brings pain and I would think they would want to avoid that pain and would probably want to consider adapting to what people feel about loot boxes and what the government feels about uh, loot boxes. Um, I would think they would want to uh, to adapt. Uh, I, would, I would think that with time, they might not even have a choice. Um, they might not even have a choice. <laughs> they, they might just have to adapt uh, would be my thought. Next question from Dr. Dirtle. Do you think Heroic Menagerie is more labeled as a raid light version for people who are more casual who raid all the time or use it as a doorway? I think it's more punishing uh, and in some ways harder than a raid. (laughs) I think it's more punishing and in some ways harder than a raid. I don't know about that, dude. I don't know about that. 7 Uno. What's the point of doing a weekly Banshee bounty for a single enhancement core when his daily bounty only takes the time to complete the rewards the same amount of enhancement cores. At the very least, weekly Banshee Bounty should reward three. Oh, yeah, the weeklies take longer. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I would say they need to... The, the weekly should reward more enhancement cores. I can get behind that. Uh, quick and the Deadly. I think maybe the exotic system needs an update. Uh, limits the player's ability to make true armor set or build... Uh, they could complement your armor sets combined with certain exotics. Well, I mean, l- let's wait and see if they let us do the. Um, let's let us let's wait and see and how the transmog system works. I don't know if they're going to let you do it on exotics though, because they did say leg- newly acquired legendaries are going to have the transmog eververse system in September. Uh, I don't want to revamp the exotic system though, because it's five years old. I don't think it's that bad. Putting on Luna factions or Skull and being like, "Well, I can't have a true loadout." Yeah, you can. The armor's part of it. So, um, uh, let's see. March Manatee says, "Brutally honest opinion on heroic and Izanagi Catalyst trap behind heroic completion." I think it's fine. John Wallies. I think Bungie has much to do on September reset with Steam cross save and the expansion on the same day. This is just pure speculation. What do you want me to say? Yes, they've got too much on their plate. It's going to be a disaster. I, I, I can't really answer a question like that. Frost Phoenix. Um, hey, Santa to Rage. Do you think infusion costs need to be toned down? I'm going to do a video on it. I basically infused as if enhancement course didn't exist because I had over 300 and I was met by natural economic pain. I was running out of glimmer and I was running out of planetary materials. I think that that natural economic pain scales down perfectly well to casual players, but enhancement cores does not. Remove them from infusion. It doesn't belong there. Bin 610 for 
an entire year of subs. That's a red badge. Thank you. Call me fishy with $5. Today's my first day on a stream. Absolutely love your views. Unbiased opinion. It's refreshing. Uh, thank you, fellow guardian. Well, thank you for the five spot, man. I appreciate that. Um, Eve the Waffler. So now everyone is praising grenade launchers. Will they be the next to be nerfed? Uh, yeah, I, 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 knowing Bungie, I bet you spike nades get nerfed. I don't want them to be nerfed. I don't, I love grenade launchers. I've loved them for a long time and I'm glad that they finally are getting, uh, put into the limelight. I thought that they were awesome. Uh, with spike nades, I've used them for a long time with spike nades. Are we doing this? Uh, with spike nades, I've used them for a long time. Um, every time I, I pivoted my crosshair, he'd like moved out of the way, <laughs> way of it. There's a freaking bobbing and weaving Muhammad Ali thrall there. Um, so I would think that grenade launchers might get nerfed and I don't want them to. I really, really don't. I think they're awesome. And I would say if they keep doing that, if they keep giving us really, really good legendary options and then nerfing them like they did to machine guns, um, I worry that you're going to continually put us in this. It's just a bad flow of grind like everybody that grinded for a god roll swarm is going to be pretty put out me being one of those people when they're like hey we nerfed it muhammad thrali hilarious evil the waffler with the nerf to luna and not forgotten uh i have seen them less have you i don't know if i get killed by them at all anymore i don't know if i get killed by them at all anymore i feel like i was getting killed by pulse rifles more than anything because if somebody actually held a lane that's what they're going to use when I was pushing close to people it was either Lord of Wolves or a shotgun uh, or shoulder charge or hand you know handheld supernova or something yeah I definitely feel like they're uh, they're not showing up nearly as much I don't think they showed up nearly as much on P- PC anyway uh, I think they were dominant on the um, I think they were more dominant on console do you have a, uh, do you agree with Paul Tassi's latest post that the armor situation Bungie needs to clear up armor 2.0? Yes. Uh, and they won't. <laughs> they won't. I got news for you. They're not going to tell us what's going on because they don't want to keep they don't want you to stop playing. And I have a I have a feeling that you're going to basically grind for all this armor in this season and that armor is going to become worthless uh, next season. Uh, so I think, I think, I think that's what they're going to do. I don't think they're, I don't think Bungie's going to say anything. Uh, they're going to let you find out. <laughs> they're going to let you find out in September that all of your armor is inferior, which is fine. They're not taking it away from you. They're just making doper stuff. And I think that's totally fine, but they're not going to say anything. Uh, Death Starfish. New light is coming to all platforms, just PC, all platforms. Uh, Clay Tongs. Since you've moved to PC, have you noticed any issues with character mobility and general movement? I'm not sure if it's due to console FOV, but aside from just being, um, aside from being stuck on small rocks and ledges, I've noticed that it's very frustrating. So many things, even trash mobs, just slowing you down. I think that's it's always been that way. You catch your you catch your toe on a pebble and you bounce backwards. Um, I feel like that happened in D1 quite a bit. So, Shin Manaz or Manaz says. Do you think Menagerie letting you choose your masterwork uh, September may bring a way to change masterworks? Seems as though they've shown us that they understand we want the choice. I don't know if they're going to let you change stuff on a gun. That starts to go down to the... That starts to go down the the level of, like, crafting. Um, Because, like, if you get a really, really good roll from a nightfall or the raid I could see being like why can't I change the masterwork um 
Yeah, I could see them going either way, being like, we're either going to let you say what you want with something like the chalice, or we're going to let you change it after the fact. So, everything's coded with Teflon. Yeah, I just, I feel like it's always kind of been like this. They've always, they've always said, if you bump into stuff, you're going to, um, you're going to, you're going to lose your, you're going to lose your momentum. You're going to bounce back. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they've done that for a while. Um, it's not a, it's not a new concept to say that you're, I mean, the whole jumping backwards on a slope thing has been happening for a really long time. So. I'm going to keep streaming. If you're here live right now, don't go anywhere. We're going to keep playing and keep grinding. And we always have really, really lively discussions. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. And if you're here live right now, please click that follow button. That helps me out. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.